The following is a King's Chapel, Alaska presentation with Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion's making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's call and help us be the personal, powerful, permeating church God's called us to be. For more information, visit kcalaska.com or find us on Facebook. Here's Pastor Daniel. Remain standing if you're, if you're able to. 2 Corinthians, favorite scripture of my family. My mama first read it, and so thankful to have her here tonight. First read it to me many years ago. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I cannot take full credit for cooking up this message as it was preached not that long ago by Dr. James Morocco. I have preached along these lines many, many times, so I took his outline and kind of reworked it and put a Pastor Bracken spin on it. I'm just telling you, you hold on tonight. Are you ready? Someone look at your neighbor and say, dude, it's on. Come on. Look at your other neighbor and say, it's on. Tell him. Oh yeah, it's on all right. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 1 through 6. Now I, Paul, find myself pleading with you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence I am lowly among you, but being absent, I'm bold towards you. But I beg you that when I am present, I may not be bold with the confidence by which I intend to be bold against someone who think of us as we walk according to the flesh. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not wage War, pardon me, i got a whole bunch of versions going on in my head. Let me read New King James, verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. Oh God, come and mess us up with truth tonight. Come and do what you love to do. Release all that's in your heart towards us, your bride, your people, your beloved, the ones who you redeemed and brought out of the muck and the miry clay. Come and speak to us. Give us living understanding. May every man and every child be brought low and you be glorified tonight. Lord, thank you that we'll be forever changed because of it. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. We do have notes for you. I want you to imagine a picture of war. What a war would look like even in the first century. I heard one of our veterans say, that's not hard. I believe that. First century warfare being a little bit different. And warfare in the days gone by and the ancients is very different. Cities in those days had walls. I didn't really understand that until the Lord gave me a scripture one day about an anger problem I had. And he said, the fool gives full vent to his wrath. And in another place, he said, like a city without walls 
is the man who basically has an anger problem. And so I began to look about walls and cities and what it meant to not have a wall. A city that didn't have a wall would be a city that would be run over by marauders very easily. But cities not only had walls, they had things called strongholds. Now, sometimes a stronghold would be an entire city or location uh, where they would then flee to you. But other times, the city would have walls, and then within the city, they would have a stronghold. And if the enemy was able to overrun the wall, then you could flee or retreat back to the stronghold and hold up there until help came or you were able to overcome and... And there's many strongholds throughout Scripture and throughout history. We were just in Israel, and it's popular for people to go see Masada. How many of you know what Masada is? Masada was a stronghold. And the zealots, the Maccabees, walled themselves up in there, and many people like to go to see that. I love what Dr. Morocco said. He said, I don't want to go see it. I've seen it before, and it's a disgrace to the Jewish people, and that's why I don't want to go. I said, tell me, why would you say that? He said, because they all killed themselves. And he said, it's like a a, a modern-day Jonestown. You know, it's, it's 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 an ancient Jonestown. It's a disgrace that Jews would then take their lives. It was something that was completely against their law and their word. And I thought, geez, that's a revelation. We'll be going... One year from February, this past February, back to Israel. You want to be a part of that trip, then you can come. You need to save your money, be a part of that. And um, it's about five grand a person to go. And it is a life-changing trip indeed. The Apostle Paul, he's read, as he's writing to the Corinthian church, he mentions about these strongholds. And, and he, he's writing to them because there were things that were being said. And we're going to look in depth at this scripture here in a moment there's things that are being said and causing trouble stronghold everybody say stronghold come down say it like you mean it strongholds come down all right say it like you really mean it strongholds come down and that's why I want to preach I want to preach on sorry what are you talking about strongholds come down I'm I'm we're not a city and we're, you know I mean there's walls we don't, we don't fight like that well that's interesting Could it be that strongholds can be evil thoughts or mindsets, ways of thinking that have a way in which uh, it gives the enemy rights to us or to control us? Could it be if you look and see that strongholds are places where Satan and his demons have legal basis to operate from our lives? I say yes on both accounts. And the reason I say yes is when you break down this text and you look at the Greek and you understand what the Apostle Paul is saying, and then you look at how Satan is the great legalist. He's the great legalist. And we look at some scriptures very quickly to prove that he's the accuser. Everybody say he's the accuser. In Job chapter 1 and 2, it's like there's this courtroom and Satan comes before the Lord and asks to sift Job, accuses Job of really not loving God, and asks to sift him. You look in Zechariah chapter 3 and verse 1 and 2. Uh, well, verse 3, it says this, And he showed me Joshua the high priest standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right side to accuse him. 
Wow. So you see throughout Scripture, you see Satan as the accuser. Even in Luke chapter 22, to bring it into the New Testament just in case you think I'm just staying in the old. Luke chapter 22, verse 31, Simon, Simon, Satan is asked to sift you. Would you put that on the screen, please? Luke 22, 31 and 32, Simon, Simon, Satan, indeed, Satan is asked to sift you as wheat. Verse 32, but I've prayed for you that your faith should not fail, that when you've returned to me, you may strengthen your brethren. Wow. So here's Satan in the Old Testament and in the New Asking basically to sift the saints. Now you got to ask yourself this question. Why would Satan want to sift Job? Why would Satan want to sift Peter? Peter was a chief apostle. It would definitely do some damage. There appears to be, when you study the life of Peter, in fact, put the scripture back up please. Simon, Simon. Everybody say Simon, Simon. And it's not Simon says, it's Simon, Simon. Why wouldn't Jesus, and I've preached on this before, but why wouldn't our hero, why wouldn't Jesus call him Peter, Peter? He had changed his name to Peter, but here, are you in the same scripture? I'm at back up 31. My bad. Simon, Simon. So he didn't say, he says Simon, Simon, he doesn't say Peter, Peter. I believe that what he's doing is he's referring to an aspect of Peter's nature that would made him a candidate. We got some candidates now. Made him a candidate for sifting. There was places within Peter that caused him to be elected for the sift. And what it was, it was pride. Peter would constantly put his, oh, everybody's going to leave you but me. I'll never deny you before the crows. You're going to deny me. And he had this place of pride. And I think that's what he's saying. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you. Now, whether you realize it or not, now turn to Revelation chapter 12. Whether you realize it or not tonight, Satan wants to sift you. Some of you are being sifted even as I preach to you. Satan wants to sift you as wheat. And if you'd arrogantly say, well, he just can't touch me because I'm under the blood. Well, that's good. I hope you're under the blood. But the truth is there could be aspects of who you are that are not under the blood. And we call those strongholds. David said, all of my strongholds are in thee. That's exactly what we want. We want all of our strongholds to be mindsets that have been placed there by the word of God, not by lies. When we believe a lie, oh, Revelation 12, 10, let's read it. Then I heard a loud voice and saying, now have come salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Messiah for the accuser of our brothers and sisters who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. So Satan's the accuser. When we believe a lie, fill your notes in. When we believe a lie, we give Satan rights. Let me run that through just one more time. When you believe a lie, it becomes part of who you are and your thinking. You get in big trouble. Case in point, it's Adam and Eve. I just preached on temptation on Sunday. If you missed the message on temptation, you need to go back. Hello, all the way in the back. Wave at me in the back. 
If you missed a message on temptation, go listen to it. Because it will help you. It will help you. And case in point regarding strongholds is that the serpent talks to Eve. And she talks back. Don't everybody say, don't talk to the devil. Yeah, and don't talk to dead people either. And don't talk to fools either. So, so Eve talks to the devil, and the devil basically twists the word of God, which is what he does, twists the word. She believes a lie. She takes from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil and eats it and dies and then passes it on to her husband who made her an idol and didn't want to be alone, so he ate it too, and they both died. That's exactly how Satan works. He gets you to believe a lie. And if you can believe a lie, then you're in some serious, you're in serious trouble. The battle is for our mind. Come on, someone say the battle's for our mind. Battle for your life and mine is over our thoughts. The shaping of thoughts. That's why we have such an insane election process, I should say, such insanity happens in our nation now about things that we're discussing about what's right and wrong based upon someone's reason or the way they see it. It's their vain philosophy and deceit instead of the Word of God. The Word of God needs to be the cornerstone. It is the cornerstone of our country, but has been eroded. The battle is for your mind, whether you're going to believe a lie or not. The battle for my life is in my mind. And some of you being just beleaguered. Some of you are under siege. And you really don't realize that all of the difficulty and the pain that you're walking through right now, much is generated because of your thought life. Much is generated because you have a stronghold in your life. Come on, say stronghold come down. Say it. Stronghold come down. I love what Eduardo Savoso says. He's an Argentinian revivalist. He preached on strongholds and I sat in a conference in 1993 in Kihei, Hawaii, and talking about prayer evangelism. And I don't know what it was about that particular conference, but I remember the entire thing. I was saved a year or something. And as I sat there listening to the conference, I will never forget his definition of a stronghold. I should have put it in the notes, but I, I'd encourage you to write it down. A stronghold is a mindset that's impregnated with hopelessness and contrary to the Word of God. Pardon me. A stronghold is a set way of thinking that's contrary to God's Word that's impregnated with hopelessness. Let me say it again. A stronghold is a set way of thinking that's contrary to God's Word. In other words, it's a lie. How many of you know the Word of God is truth? You'll know the truth, and the truth will? Right. So if you don't know the truth, you ain't free. Oh, it might be settled in heaven. Thy word is forever settled there, O oh God. But if it's not settled in here, then you're a captive. A stronghold is, a, is a, a mindset, a set way of thinking that's contrary to the word of God and impregnated with hopelessness. That's what a stronghold is. And, and simply stated, it's a lie. Let's look at the text here. Apostle Paul's facing opposition in the church by false apostles who are trying to take over the church. And they're basically telling them, hey, 
You know, when you can read 2 Corinthians 10 different places here in the text, I mean, he's basically arguing, you know, don't listen to these guys. He's defending himself. And they're, they're sowing lies in the minds of the people. They're demeaning Paul's authority and his character. They're lying about Paul. They're lying about what he's doing. They're lying about what he, what he did. They're lying about the fruit in his life. And they're trying to erode his authority and his, his parental role. His, he's a father to them. And he's trying to erode that. And I'm going to tell you that what the devil loves to do is he tries to erode godly leadership. He tries to erode authority figures so he can get you to swallow the lie and end up in the stronghold of his kingdom so that, you can, so that he can have rights to you. They're boasting of how great they are. Listen, anybody that boasts of how great they are, you should just step away. And they're taking advantage of the church. They're taking advantage of the church. Now that, that to me is, a, as I studied a, a text of scripture, I think, is it 2 Corinthians 3? Hold on one moment. The Apostle Paul talks about us being the, the temple of the Holy Spirit. In one place he's talking about us personally being the temple of the Holy Spirit. But in another place he's talking about the, the, the nios of God, meaning the assembly of God, meaning, not the denomination, I mean the church, the gathering of God's people where he breathes, where his breath is. That literally, as we gather together, yes, I am the temple of the Holy Spirit who lives on the inside of me. Somebody say amen. But also as we gather, we become the temple of the Lord. And, and I believe it's 1 Corinthians 3. I need to go look. But he says, if anybody destroys the temple, He's talking about the church. And he says, if anybody destroys the church, meaning undermines it, tries to hurt the church, which is Bonnie, come on, come on, Saul, Saul. Why are you persecuting me? Who are you? I am Jesus. Oops. What's he going? He's going with the letters from the high priest to go persecute the church. Persecuting Jesus. He, and he says in Corinthians somewhere, Anyone who undermines or hurts the, the temple of God, talking about the church, that God will both destroy him in even hellfire. Now that ought to get your mouth shut about talking about some other church or some pastor or God's anointed, God's people. They're not perfect, but you just let God take care of them. He knows, come on, he knows how to father his, his, his people. And so the Apostle Paul is basically arguing against them and, and arguing against these liars who are sowing these lies. Paul defines strongholds. Now here's where it gets interesting to me. Verse 5. Put up 2 Corinthians 10, verse 5, please. There's, there's these two, he uses these two Greek words. This is, this is wake the person up next to you. This is, this is heavy duty. Casting down arguments and every high thing. There's two Greek words. Arguments, now let me define it this way, as arguments, reasoning, thoughts, attitudes that lead to certain actions. And the second Greek word is and as every high thing, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Casting down arguments, there's that one Greek word, and every high thing, that's the second Greek word. So what's fascinating, let me read to you the notes here so you can fill it in. As every high thing, it's, it's pretensions, arrogance, 
And it can even be seen as cosmic power. Demon power. It can even be seen as powers of darkness directed against God and seeking to intervene between God and human beings. Wow. What are you saying, Pastor Daniel? What the Apostle Paul is saying is he's saying, look, there are strongholds that will be placed in your mind. And if you begin to believe them, they will separate you from God and they will make you a candidate for sifting. That literally there is, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 4 as I teach you the word of God tonight. 2 Corinthians 4 4, put it up if you would. You're doing a great job, son. Whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who's the image of God, should shine upon them. Their minds were blinded. You want to tell me how their minds are blinded? They're blinded through strongholds. They're blinded by an assignment of hell that causes a veil to be over their eyes. How many of you know the Pharisees had, a, had, had strongholds that they couldn't see the Messiah standing right before them? How many of you know our family, our family, some of our loved ones that don't know Jesus, don't believe in Jesus, won't receive Jesus? How many of you know what they got? They got strongholds. They have a blinding assignment of the enemy. Now here's the thing. Here's the thing that just absolutely sobers me in the spirit. Is it possible that you have things in your thinking? Do I have everybody's attention? You have things in your thinking that are lies. They're contrary thoughts that are contrary to God's word. Impregnated with hopelessness. And you just tolerate them in your walk. And so as a result, you have things going on in your life that are not God's will, but you can't see it because you're blinded by the God of this age or a stronghold. Can someone say, whoa? Ooh, yeah. You see, the enemy would like to get you to believe a lie. So literally, he'll, he'll try to come and plant thoughts. Come on, some of you know someone that, that's had these kind of things happen where they began to believe something and now they're no longer serving God. Paul sees his goal as taking captive every thought to the obedience of Christ. And that's really a picture of taking over a city. Listen, your mind, your mind has places you need to take over. As a man thinks, so he is. As a man thinks in his heart, so he is. Someone said to me, I think it was today. They said, well, that's not really what they believe. That's just the way they act. And wrong. I said, no, 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 no. No, 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 no. What you do is what you really believe. Yeah, your actions dictate what your thoughts are. And some people just have this partition, so they got their, they got their church life, and then they're just like, it's mean out there. It is double-minded. Double-mindedness, it's not even in the notes, double-mindedness is created by a stronghold. 
You ought to write that down. A double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. What do you mean double-minded? It means that one moment you can be up at an altar crying, weeping, believing for the power of God and everything can be wonderful. Then you walk out the door and you're angry and you're bitter and you've got no joy. You don't have the fruit of the Spirit. And, but you got this like church life and then you have this like demon that's on the outside. Stronghold. Double-minded man. Unstable in all his ways. Double-mindedness, I believe, is created by mindsets that are contrary to God's word. That are, I'm preaching better than you're amening. It's going to help you. Come on, everybody say stronghold, come down. Ready, set, go. I mean, a regular, a regular prayer for me is, Lord, show me where I'm jacked up, God. Show me, Lord, so I can change it with truth. Paul does this through spiritual weapons, not carnal ones. In other words, it's not hand grenades, missiles. I know that'd be kind of fun if you could just do that and then get healed by launching a grenade. But there's grenades in the spirit. Come on, somebody say hallelujah. Yes, some of you need to put put one in your head, a, a God grenade, and just pull the pin. And blow some of those strongholds, some of those lies up. Listen, for the longest time, I hated myself. I just hate, I hated what I did. I hated where, I hated myself. I didn't even want to breathe. How many of you know I had a stronghold? I'm going to say, God, God, do you even, God doesn't love me. God, how many of you know that's a stronghold? Yeah, God loves you. God's speaking to us tonight. We're in a battle for our mind. Here's some common strongholds that people have. Eat, drink, be merry, for tomorrow we die. You know what that is? It's worship of self. And some of you have believed that, and that's why you just go and do whatever you want to. And the, Actually, you're on, on the throne, not God. Because you feel like you can just do whatever you want. You're believing a lie. And you feel like it doesn't matter. You feel like it doesn't matter. So you're just going to do whatever you want to. What a tragedy that people will yield to their lust. What a tragedy that people would yield to their anger. What a tragedy that we would yield to these things and then partner with hell and actually destroy our own lives and our walk with God. Blindness. Some of you have problems with fears, worry, and anxiety. People work themselves up into all kinds of fear. I don't do fear. I do the fear of the Lord. That's a good one to do. I just, I don't know. I don't know how that happened. I just, I'm really not afraid of accidents. I'm not afraid of crashing. I'm not afraid of, I'm not afraid. I'm not, but some people are. I've had other challenges to overcome. Fear was not a big one. I had to learn the fear of the Lord. Well, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That's a different kind of fear. I'm talking about wringing your hands, wondering, oh, God, what if the economy falls? What if the oil goes to $20 a barrel? Oh, God. I mean, come on, relax. He's on the throne. Do you think God's nervous right now? He's not nervous about the oil. He's not nervous. He's not scared. God's not Oh, what's the devil going to do? Oh, my goodness. You're worried about what the... Who are you worshiping? You're worshiping the devil or are you worshiping God? Come on, be a worshiper of God. 
But because, listen, I know I'm poking fun. But people are locked up in fear and worry because many times put within them at a very young age. I heard this story years ago. It was, uh, it was a little boy, and he, was, he had a large family, brothers and sisters. And as he grew up, he had a problem wetting the bed. And um, they had a small home, and so they shared beds. And nobody wanted to sleep, you know, nobody wanted to share the bed with the little boy because he always wet the bed. And um, in a large family, you know, the, the older siblings would take care of uh, the younger ones. And so the little boy falls asleep on the couch while they're watching TV, and, and he's asleep, so they thought. And some of the older kids are there, and they're like, man, you, why don't you take care of him? No, they don't want to take care of him. I'm tired of him peeing on me. Why don't you take care of him? The little boy wasn't sleeping. And he heard the whole thing. And what happened in him was an internalization of rejection and abandonment. And he wondered where his father was. He wondered where his mother was. And he didn't know why he peed the bed and all of that. And he was isolated. And from that moment, he felt isolated from his whole family. And his brothers talked about how they didn't like him. Now, you know, kids can be mean. The siblings can be mean. And many times you say things, come on, I got two older brothers. Anybody else got some siblings? You know, they say some stuff, you know, I hate you. You know they don't mean it, right? But that's not what happened for him. He heard that. I don't like him. He thought something was wrong with him. He carried that all the way into becoming a man. And he was fractured in who he was because he believed a lie that there was something wrong with him and that's why he wet the bed. He could never connect with other men. He could never connect with women. He was just became a loner, wounded, hurting, and broken because in his mind was a stronghold of rejection and fear. Does that bring it home? You know, he came to one of our encounters many years ago. He confessed these things and answered an altar call and had hands laid on him. The power of the Holy Spirit touched him. He received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. He began to understand what God's Word says about him. Not that he's a a bedwetter or rejected, but he's accepted in the beloved. And that he's whole and dearly loved. That he's carved in the palm of God's hand. That God will never leave him nor forsake him. And when he looks down at him, he sees a perfect son covered in the blood. Righteous, made righteous by the blood of Jesus. Cleansed from the former things. Now used for noble purposes. When he looks down, he began to internalize that. And the stronghold got pushed out. The lie of being a nobody, a bedwetter wedding, rejected little boy got pushed out of his mind and he got whole. Listen, this is real Christianity. I don't know whatever you've learned or wherever you've learned it, but I'm telling you that God will meet you right where you are and he will father you and help you and heal you and place his hands upon you and he'll pull out the stinger, he'll pull out the shame, he'll pull out the guilt, he'll heal you of rejection, he'll heal you of that orphan spirit and he will make 
you whole. And any other nonsense that is preached, you don't hear that. You're not hearing the whole thing. It's not just about receiving Jesus so you can go to heaven. Because if that was the case, you'd die the second you did it. You're here and he's not left you to be somebody who's bound by the lies of hell. He's called you to be free. He's called you to be more than a conqueror. He's called you to be his ambassador. He's called you to be his minister of reconciliation. And strongholds, lies, will hold you back from what God has for you. Will cripple your walk and cause you to be impotent spiritually, wondering what's wrong. Anger is another one. Some people are angry all the time. I had an anger problem years ago. I think it was inherited. I do think there was some generational stuff on that. But, you know, you got to be responsible for your own life. You can't point the finger at your mom or dad and, and say, well, my daddy was angry, so I'm angry too. Yeah, no. I mean, that might be true, but, I mean, you got to separate yourself. you got to get healed. You gotta learn some self control. There's people that are angry all the time because they experience so much pain or rejection or whatever. Listen, anger is a cover for hurt. Let me run that through one more time or I'm gonna go preach to myself over here. Anger is a cover for hurt. So if you're angry all the time, it's really because you're wounded and hurting on the inside and you need healing. And you know something? God doesn't ever use wrath to, to, to control you. He released his wrath on his son. But he, but he lovingly holds out the truth to you that you might obey him and walk in freedom. And if you choose not to, he doesn't backhand you. He just lets you have the consequences, which I guess that could be backhanding. But it's not in wrath. He holds out before you the truth. And he says, please take it. Come walk with me. Cast all your cares upon me for I care for you. But because of strongholds and ways of thinking that are jacked up in your life, you can't really believe that. And so you end up not really receiving all that he has. And you stay broken and hurting. Unforgiveness will cause you to do that too. That's number four. I'm going to get that dog. I'm going to rub his nose in it. I'm going to beat him down. Unforgiveness will kill you. Look at your neighbor and say, unforgiveness will kill you. Go ahead. Say it. Yes, it will. And if you don't forgive people, newsflash, you're not forgiven. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth and as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our trespasses or debts or sins as we, as we forgive them. So are you telling me, Pastor Bracken, that if I don't forgive what they did to me, then I'm not forgiven? Exactly. That's some good theology right there. Won't hear that preached all the time. Let that motivate you. Let the flames of hell motivate you that you should probably forgive them. So what, do you want Jesus to do something else and die on a cross for, for that? Is anybody getting anything in here tonight all the way in the back? Raise your hand. Raise your hand if you can hear me in the back. 
All right. Number five, false directive or distorted view of God and his plan of salvation. And there's lots of that. These are just some examples of lies that are put in people's minds. Do you know nations can have strongholds? If you read Isaiah, Isaiah, uh, somewhere in the book of Isaiah, it's a rather large book, 66 different books. Do you know it's very similar to the entire Bible? Did you know that? Isaiah has 66 different books. It really has a, a, like an old type testament and like a new one. It's a very unusual book, profound. But in the book of Isaiah, it talks about nation, nation, national strongholds. We can tear down strongholds over nations. All right. We must utilize the weapons that God provides. Everybody say, use the weapons. The first one is the truth. The first weapon God gives you, gives us, is the truth of the word. Everybody say truth. truth. All right, say true that. Yeah, that's right. Truth. We must see that what we're feeling or thinking is a lie. You need to check yourself before you wreck yourself. You need, you need to ask the Holy Spirit really to show you. You'll know the truth, and the truth will set you free. I've been uh, watching some of the candidates and debating. You know, there's a lot of liars out there. You say, which one? Fact-checked. I was listening to one. I'm like, that's not true right there. Yeah, liar. There, there's a lot of lies. You need to fact-check yourself. Got to sit under the word preached constantly or we'll be uprooted by false thinking. Everybody say, be consistent. consistent. Constantly or consistently is the blank. I, I don't know really how it happened. It's just my wife and I, we started going to church and it was like the biggest party in town. So I mean, well, like, you know, you start serving God, you give your heart to Jesus, you get filled with the Spirit. You hear messages like this, and you're thinking, oh my gosh, it's just like totally talking to me. I was just praying about that. Battlefield of the mind, strongholds. Then I'd answer an altar call, and I'd get touched by God, and something would change in my life. So I'm thinking, let's do that again. Let's do that every day of the week, because I needed a lot of help. Wave at me if you need help. Yeah, we all need help. And so I'm thinking, man, when's the next service? And so I would go, Karen and I, my mama, we just go to church. Church was, I mean, I hate to call it entertainment. It wasn't entertainment, but it was like, it was just constantly going, hearing the word, having hands laid on us, being in prayer, reading the Bible, walking with Jesus, talking with Jesus, learning to witness, learning to pray, learning to fast, learning to give, learning to tithe, hear the word, strongholds, mindsets, and hearing things about the age to come and prayer and inner healing. Oh, my gosh. I'd just be like, oh, feed me again, Lord. I mean, I was just, I mean, we'd just leave church as fat as a tick. You know what I'm talking about? Just be like, Lord, I was awesome. And I found something. 
I found out I've watched over the years. I've been serving God a little while. I've watched over the years. I've seen a Sunday going, occasionally going Christian. And I've seen somebody who seeks hard after God in their personal walk. And they're constantly, no matter how jacked up they are, they keep coming and they keep coming. And they keep coming and they keep getting in the river. They keep, come on, they just keep swimming and keep keep swimming and keep getting washed by the soap of the water of the word. And keep, keep coming, keep confessing, keep coming and believing and fighting and developing accountability. And I've watched people like that transform and go all around the world changing the world. And then I've watched people that have been like, ah, you want to go to church today? Well, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, maybe we'll go next week. Okay, and they stay in the same muck and miry load of their whole lives and wonder why they got no victory. That's not always the case. But I'm just telling you, for me, I needed church all the time. And my mom can attest to it. I remember receiving one of my first prophetic words at a prophetic conference. And the guy says, lays hands on me and says, Whoa. Well, you would just come all the time and get filled because by the time you got out to the parking lot, you leaked everything out that you got. I thought, oh, he's got my number. <laughs> get filled with truth. It drained right out my toes by the time I was out to my car. But, you know, I began to retain it. I know others. That's talking about me. I know anybody that's got some victory in Christ learn to constantly be under the water of the Word, constantly be under prayer, constantly be in a place of serving. Well, I don't know if this is in your notes, but you've got to develop godly relationships with people who would love you enough to hurt your feelings. Is that in there? If it's not, you need to write it down. You need to develop, not only be under, consistently be under anointed preaching. I'm not talking about dead teaching. Listen, the word goes forth, it doesn't return void. That's true. But there is a difference being under an anointing and a, 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 a God-breathed enablement that comes by the Holy Spirit on teaching and preaching. Two different things. Now, I, I can't stand dead church. You say, is there church dead? Yeah, there are. I, which one? I have no idea. I just know it when I hear it. And then when I hear it, there's no transparency. There's no life. It's just some Autobot sharing something from the Word. And I, how many of you know that you can get stuff because the Word of God is the Word of God? Even if the man's in sin or the woman's in sin, the Word can be preached and you can get something from it because God's Word is true and it doesn't return void. But there is something about being under an anointing, something about being in the presence and hearing a timely word. Watch this. I just know God told me to share this. Raise your hand if this is dead on for where you're at right now. you <laughs> like three people. Never mind, let's move on to the next point. I know God spoke to me. Some of you may be being like a deer in the headlights right now. God spoke to me to share this word with you. And when I had somebody say to me on Sunday, well, you were just talking to me today, Pastor. That's because you're in the right place. And what boggles my mind is there are people, they have challenges, and then come a guest or myself or one of the staff or Pastor Vince or Pastor Alex come and bring the word or a small group leader in, a, in, a, in one of our, our, our small groups. And the person who needed that word decided to watch CNN or ESPN or some stupid thing. 
And they're right not in the place where they needed to be to get that. And I think that's demonic when that happens. I see that and I go, dude, if they were only here. And then you can listen to it on a podcast, but it just ain't the same. Truth in his word. Everybody say truth in his word. Godly relationships with people who love you enough to hurt your feelings. Thank God for my wife. Yeah, my wife's not afraid of hurting my feelings. She loves me enough to say the truth. And you need to have relationship with people. And some of you are you just, you get so bent that you, that you manipulate people. So the second you get corrected, like, you're talking to me? Yeah, I'm talking to you. Like, oh, okay. I mean, look at your ugly face. What is your face doing? It's saying the next time, don't you, don't, don't you correct me. It's in other words, they're using fear and control to shut you up so that they can keep their little stronghold. Anytime I feel fear and control, I run to it. I like dismantling it. It's one of my favorite things to do. Just come with the, 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 the Holy Ghost jujitsu. The Kung Fu, Holy Ghost Kung Fu. If I feel like somebody's trying to control me and manipulate me, I just sort of move in and see what other kind of curveball I can throw to upset that demon spirit that they're trying to hold on to that's got rights to them because of a mindset that's impregnated with hopelessness. I just run to it and say like, pop! <laughs> in the spirit, of course. All right, faith in God is good. Everybody say God's good. See, if you don't have faith that God is good, then you'll be limited in your, in, your, in your faith. Your faith will be shut down. If you don't know that God's for you, who can be against you, you don't know that God is good, then it will limit your ability to believe him for the good things that he has for you. See, so if you have a mindset you need to, uh, that's impregnable, it's hopeless, if you have a stronghold, a lie that you're believing, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not knives and guns as much as we like them in Alaska. They are mighty to God. Divine power. Divine power. Supernatural power from heaven. The Word of God. Relationship. Being under the anointing. The Holy Ghost. And, and, and having faith in God who's good. Come on, you got it. God, everybody say, God good. God. Devil bad. God. Say it again. God good. Devil, try it again. God, good. Devil, I've actually thought about that during times of death. When I had people die around me, you're wondering what's happening. God, where are you? Lord, God, God, you're good. God, good. God's good. Not the author of death. God is good. Devil, bad. Devil, death, bad. God, good. Some of you need to brand that. Just let him tattoo your heart with the very finger of God right now. God is good. Thirdly, rely on the Holy Spirit. Rely on what? Rely on the Holy Spirit. Man, there's times when I'll pray in the Holy Ghost. That's praying in my prayer language. Two types of tongues. Praying in a prayer language. And then there's praying that in, in tongues that needs interpretation. That's prophecy. Now, if you're around here for any length of time, I will preach a message on being baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking in tongues. I will, and, and we pray in tongues and we prophesy in tongues. In other words, when you prophesy in tongues, it needs to be interpreted. When you give a message in tongues, it needs to be interpreted. And that's prophecy, basically. 
But then there's a prayer language that God gives those who are filled with the Holy Spirit, and that's for everybody. This gift is for all who call on the Lord, all who are far off, sons and daughters of prophesy. Any sons and daughters here, raise your hand if you're a son. Great, then you qualify. And now you have to be the super spiritual people, but you got to get your theology right. you got to live for God. you got to repent. I've had time to rely on the Holy, Holy Spirit. Everybody say rely on the Holy Spirit. I've had times where I pray in tongues for hours and just come out with the answer. Other times, pray in the Spirit for 10 minutes and come out with the answer. We pray in the Spirit a lot here. Say, so why? Because, because we need the Holy Spirit to lead and guide us. And I, I listen, you got to obey Him. I'm sure that's in here somewhere. You know, last night I was praying about going to the, there is a hearing, a borough, borough hearing on the marijuana issue, ordinance. And uh, I made mention of it on Sunday and encouraged people to go and put a thing up on Facebook. And I was all fixing to go. The only problem was, and we went to the last one and God used us, praise the Lord. The only problem was I was conflicted. So in my mind, I know as a leader, leaders lead. Everybody say that. Leaders lead. So in my mind, I know I need to be there because I announced it. We're doing this thing. We're going to do it. Amen. We're going to stand for righteousness. Righteousness exalts a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. Going to stand for truth. Let the arrows fly. Say whatever you want. Write whatever you want on Facebook. We're going to stand for truth. Come on. So I know I need to be there. There's only one problem. I feel the Holy Spirit saying... Uh-uh. So I feel this hindrance, and I'm, but I'm troubled because character-wise, I know I need to be there. But in my spirit, the Lord's, I'm feeling this, I'm conflicted. So I pray in the spirit. And finally, I get to the place where, like, it's time to get your clothes on, get in your car, drive to the thing so you can be there early like you've encouraged the rest of your people that want to go to do. Whoever wants to feel led to go. And it's time. So I'm like, I'm there. I got I to gotta leave now. I got to do it or I'm not going. And so I, I prayed in the spirit. I stopped. And I just said, Lord. Well, he says, you're not going. And I was like, well, that rubs against the grain. You're not going. All right. I'm not going. I didn't go. Character tells me. Leadership tells me. All this stuff tells me. It just so happens I'm not going. That wasn't the, it's redone. The 15th is another hearing was postponed. Saved my time, praise God. Now, for those of you that went, I hope that you weren't discouraged not to see me there. But, I mean, i got to obey the Holy Spirit more than, more than anything else. Now, the Holy Spirit will not contradict the Word of God. Somebody say amen. But, you know, that's like a, that's a little bit of a gray area right there. you got to be led by the Spirit. Come on, Paul was going to go preach somewhere, and the Holy Spirit said no. Listen to his voice. Amen. Oh, i got to hurry up. Guard yourself from false thoughts returning. I mean, once you've been under consistent Holy Ghost preaching, you're, you're learning that God is good, you're relying on the Holy Spirit, strongholds are getting wiped out, then what do you do? Then don't have to take the ground again. I will tell you there's certain situations in my life where I would give up the ground that I took. That is so irritating. So you take some ground, you begin to push those thoughts out of your life, through the Word of God, through godly accountability, through the Holy Spirit, and then you relax a little bit, and it can, those things can creep back in, and you can end up 
with a stronghold again. The only thing I've noticed is that when I've taken ground and I give it up, it's harder to take the second time. It's almost like it just works unbelief and stuff. Is anybody getting anything? Think on good things. Philippians 4 talks about that. Obey specifically God's Word in every area of your life. Obey specifically God's Word in every area of your life. Pray about everything with thanksgiving. I mean, that last point, I really can't under, uh, overemphasize that. Dude, obey. You want to have spiritual victory, walk in freedom, and be a spiritual athlete that changes the nation, changes your life, changes our valley? Obey. I know it's like seems too simple, but it really is true. Pray about everything with thanksgiving. Six, forgive and be forgiven. We kind of talked about that a little bit. I want you to say this. We say strongholds come down. Now you will never know you have a stronghold unless you read the word and you hang out with people that are more healed and whole than you. You get under get under teaching and preaching. Come to discover, whoa, I really don't like myself. Or, whoa, I got an anger problem. I got a lust problem. I got a greed problem. Some people can't believe that God is good, so they never tithe. They just worry about never having enough, so they can't relinquish 10 cents on a dollar. And I heard a preacher say this, which was very offensive to me, but I like it. If it offends you, it was somebody else, all right? How can you trust God with your eternal salvation when you can't trust Him with 10 cents on a dollar? Come on, Pastor Alex, give me an amen. All right, everybody say we can win. You don't have to live in your past. You don't have to live under bondage. You don't have to live under the lies and the yoke of the enemy. You can be free. You can be healed. You can be delivered. You don't have to live under fear. You don't have to live under the the taskmasters of greed and anger. You can be delivered. I mean, your dad might have been like that. Your mom might have been like that. But you're a Christian. Come on. You've been adopted. You've been grafted in. And he's given you his word. A lamp unto a feet. A light upon our path. If you want to walk in truth, you just have to make a decision. And when it comes up that you realize you're believing a lie, get aggressive. Confess that thing. Embarrass that thing. Get the word of God on whatever it says over that. Like I said, anger, I struggle with that. So I memorize all kinds of scriptures on anger. And then it's an interesting thing that would happen. I'd want to pitch a fit and go into a rage. I'm going to ask you to raise your hand if you know what I'm talking about. You who have holes all over your house. And I'd just be like, Ugh! and I'd hear this, like the city without walls. Is a man who lacks self-control. Like, ah, ah, Jesus. <laughs> it just does something. The fool gives full blend to his wrath. So there you are. Ah, I don't want to be a fool. I want to love you, God. Lord, help. And you realize this war is going on. Oh, Come on, somebody say hallelujah. The battle's in your mind. Tear down the strongholds. I've gone a little long. 
Got all this beautiful looking worship team standing up here. Except for you, Paul. You don't look beautiful. Praise God. God's word reveals truth. We're, we're, we're closing. In just a couple minutes. God's word reveals truth. That God has come through His Son to redeem us. That there is a judgment day. That there is a heaven and a hell. And we can please God by our lives. There is truth and there is false doctrine. God made us. He made you. It's got an awesome plan. An awesome plan. Awesome. But the only way you'll enter into that is by a spiritual violence of tearing down every lie in your thinking. You're created for greatness. God created you to do something awesome in the earth. Not to be some pull toy for the devil. God created you to walk with Him. To talk with Him. The sin that came through Adam and Eve was taken away through the final last Adam for all who believe. He takes out the heart of stone. He puts in the heart of flesh. And He heals every wound and every scar. He removes the orphan spirit. And He puts upon you a spirit of adoption. He fills you with the same spirit. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. So that you don't have to yield to fear. You don't have to yield to the lie. That you don't have to cave in and give in to the things of the world or time and or even tradition. But you can be filled with the truth. Filled with the word you can be an ambassador you can be a minister you can be an oracle of God speaking words that release grace releasing God's power everywhere you go that when you walk in a room sickness has to flee depression has to go because Jesus lives on the inside of you don't swallow the lie don't swallow the lie depression's not from God sickness is not from God fear is not from God anxiety not from God addiction's not from God stop sedating yourself rise up in your God-given blood-bought right and begin to declare the truth over your word can you over your life can you say amen come on stand up on your feet and say amen come on someone say the strongholds are coming down Say it again. The strongholds are coming down. Lay hands on your own head and say it one more time. The strongholds are coming down. Woo! Come on, somebody say hallelujah. It's great stuff there. My two minutes are gone. The Holy Spirit can reveal lies to help you. The Holy Spirit will show you where you've got a lie. Ask Him. Ask Him to. Holy Spirit, show me. No, no, it's not like a preaching trick. I'm actually asking the Holy Spirit to show me personally. You have any lies in there? I hope not, but the odds are, probably, Lord, show me. Put your finger on it so that I can repent, rethink, repent, think different. 
Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Transform. Transformation in your life happens by learning to think new thoughts. Whatsoever things are holy, pure, noble, admirable, praiseworthy, think on these things. Your emotions will follow your thoughts. You feeling depressed? Change your thought life. Feeling anxiety? Be anxious for nothing, but by prayer and petition, make your request known to God and the peace of God. The what? The peace. The peace of God. Transcends all understanding. Will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. So, anxiety? Don't, if you start feeling anxious, start feeling fear, you just combat those things with the truth of God's word and enter on into all that he has for you. So I see light bulbs going off. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. I don't want to underestimate the power of the Holy Spirit to just blast you free from stuff. Certain things, He trains our hands for war. Other things, thank God for the anointing that just blasted it right off of me and I never thought that way again. Pastor Alex, lead us in some anointed stronghold breaking music. Which you're already doing. Just begin to sing and worship. Come on, we're not going to go past nine, all right? We're almost done. Come on, lift your hands to Jesus all across this place. Oh, Holy Ghost. sharing the story about the little boy some of you are reminded of some of the things that happened in your life and you realize that some of those deep hurts and pains may have set a environment for you to have a stronghold the Lord wants to heal you tonight right now if you've struggled with fear and rejection first. I won't pray for you, but I want to do it a unique way. I want you just to step into the end of the aisle, into the middle aisle right here. If that's you, just slide out. Step right here. You're going to get your freedom tonight. Just You don't have to come up. Just, just come right in line. 
In fact, uh, also with anger, if, if the Lord put his finger on stuff in your life, just get into any of the aisles. I might get in one of the aisles myself, praise God. I can't tell you how many services I've been in like this. These signs follow the preaching of the Word. You see, signs follow the preaching of the Word. They testify. I won't ask you if you've ever been in court, but when a witness is on a, on a stand, can you testify, yes, I solemnly swear to the whole truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God. The picture is, is we're standing there before court and, and the Word's preached, and it's like, God testifies, yes, that's true, bam. And he releases healing. Does that make sense? Hebrews talks about that. Come on, lift your hands all across this place. Father, in the name of Jesus. Release your healing touch right now. just going to touch and agree. Heal. Yeah. Heal. Heal. Be healed. you to preach, the Lord says. There's a gift of preaching leadership upon you. See it. Lord, touch these. Pastor, Pastor Vince, begin to lay hands on people on that side. On your side, just go lay hands on all of them right now. In Jesus' name. Come on, go after God. Be healed.
Let him touch you right now. Anger go. Rejection go. says that I've got you on a timeline and I'm working things in you that are beyond your understanding. I've given you a fine mind even to be, to be able to study. I see God uh, elevating you, raising you up. The time of discipleship is surely upon you. And I'm going to use you. And the delay is not a denial. Like Joseph was delayed, but he wasn't denied. And the Lord's got a timing for everything. And he's causing these things to work together in your heart to produce in you what you've asked him to. A man of God. The Holy Spirit. Touch. Spirit's moving.
Lord, we love you and we bless you. We praise you tonight. Lord, heal every broken heart. Touch every single one of us, I pray. Holy Spirit, that you reveal to us places that are out of accord with your word. That we would tear down every stronghold, replace it with truth. And we would be a people that don't, are not blinded, but are liberated by the truth of your word. That we would know the truth, intimately know the truth. And the truth will set us free and all who know us. Thank you for the transformation. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for healing. Thank you for breakthrough. Thank you for miracles right now. Release miracles. Thank you for vision, Lord. Release vision tonight. Release the kingdom, God, upon each and every one of us upon this house. Lord, thank you. For those that don't know Jesus, won't you pray this prayer with me as we all affirm our faith. Say, dear Heavenly Father, thank you for sending your son Jesus to die in my place and rise again from the grave for me. Forgive me of all my sin and be my Lord. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Amen. Holy Spirit, I pray, touch, bless, cause your face to shine upon us. Lift up your countenance towards us. Be gracious to us. Keep us. Give us peace. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't miss anything that's happening around here. Make sure you take home a ministry guide. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Thanks for listening to King's Chapel, Alaska and Pastor Daniel Bracken. Our passion is making disciples of Jesus Christ who fulfill God's life call and help us to be the personal, powerful, and permeating church God's called us to be. Get in touch with us anytime at 907-357-2065, 907-357-2065, or online at kcalaska.com, kcalaska.com. Friend us on Facebook and follow Pastor Daniel's tweets at Alaska Revival.